This is Dr. Kara Uwe, and you are listening to Find the Eight, a series on sleep for teens, young adults, and their families. Hello, and welcome to episode nine. In today's episode, we are going to talk about sleep blockers. There are many reasons you can't sleep, and the tricky thing is that what is driving the problem can change night to night. For this reason, it's helpful to break it down into just two main reasons why you can't sleep. The first is that your body is simply not ready for sleep. In episode one, we talked about how trying to sleep when your body is not ready for sleep is a common trap that you want to avoid. Now, sometimes your body is very ready for sleep, but you still can't sleep. And that brings us to the second main reason why you can't sleep. Something, or often multiple things, are blocking you from getting into that relaxed, sleepy zone. So today, we are going to be talking about the seven sleep blockers. The first three blockers are things that you did or were exposed to earlier in the day. Sleep blocker number one is stuff that is in your body. This includes caffeine, other alerting drugs and medications, as well as food and drink too close to bedtime. Generally, you want to take alerting medications at a consistent time and as early as possible, though I would recommend speaking to your doctor before making any major changes to how you're taking your medications. Caffeine can stick around in your system for 14 hours, so even if you're someone who can fall asleep with caffeine in your system, it can still significantly impact your sleep quality. Ideally, try to avoid caffeine altogether if you can, but if you do have caffeine, try to keep it to just one in the morning. And beware of sneaky sources of caffeine, like chocolate. Try to avoid eating too close to bedtime and having foods that are going to wire you, like junk foods and sugary foods. To cue your body clock that it's time for sleep, try cutting off food after you've had dinner, or just have a light snack in the evening. Eating too late can send unhelpful signals to your body clock and can contribute to the body clock being out of sync with when you want to be sleeping. Sleep blocker number two is light exposure in the three to five hours before sleep. Too much light in the few hours before sleep suppresses melatonin production and can both shift your body clock to a later time, as well as make it very difficult for you to get sleepy and have a good quality of sleep. As much as possible, reduce the amount of light you get in the few hours leading up to when you want to sleep, and listen to episode 6 on specifics on how to do this. Sleep blocker number 3 is alerting activities in the 1-3 to three hours before sleep. Your body and mind need a buffer and time to come down from that alert, on state that you need to be in during the day. Exercise, social media, Netflix, video games, heated discussions or arguments, and getting into creative activities are common offenders when done too close to bedtime. If stopping these activities is hard, start small with just a five minute buffer before your bedtime, then build it up to 30 or 60 minutes or even longer if you can. Set an alarm to remind yourself to step away from these more alerting activities and put restrictions on apps or websites after a certain time. Brainstorm some enjoyable non-screen alternatives that you can have on hand so it's easier for you to transition away from these activities or try to reward yourself with a reward system. Having a set routine helps because you can just go on autopilot and over time, a good routine can become a reliable trigger for that calm, sleepy state that you want at bedtime. If you want to learn more about setting up a bedtime routine, I cover this in the next episode. The rest of the sleep blockers are all things that are keeping you from sleep in the moment. Sleep blocker number four is a stimulating or uncomfortable sleep environment. If your room is too bright, too noisy, too cold, too hot, or too disruptive, it's really hard to relax and deactivate. Consider getting things like a white noise machine, a fan, a more comfortable pillow or mattress, blackout blinds, an eye mask, or earplugs. 
Talk to others in your household if they're disrupting your sleep. Sleepwalker number five is alerting cues. As discussed in episode four, is your bed keeping you awake? If you've spent a lot of time awake in bed, you may be trained or conditioned to associate your bed with being alert, awake, and maybe also tense and anxious. If you're in bed and you can't sleep, get out of bed either right away if you're really alert or after no more than 15 minutes. Try not to return to bed until you're really on the edge of sleep and repeat this process of getting out of bed as much as you need to. Do this at the beginning, middle, and end of the night if you can't sleep. This blocker is a tricky and sneaky one, but in my experience, if addressed, has the most powerful impact on sleep getting better. Sleep blocker number six is an active mind. It's difficult to relax and become sleepy if your mind is busy. There are a few key things that you can do when your mind is really active. The first, as we just discussed, is to get out of bed. Sometimes the mind quiets down with just this. The second is to try a capture of your thoughts, as we talked about in the last episode, what to do when an active mind is keeping you awake. Another strategy is to give your mind a task. Instead, to not give those worries or activating thoughts space to take hold and grow. You want to redirect your attention and thoughts onto an activity that you enjoy that is still going to allow you to deactivate. A lot of people will turn to Netflix to drown out worries or other thoughts like this. Though this can help in the moment, it also has the downside of all that light that you're getting from screens, and also whatever it is that you're watching tends to keep your mind awake to a certain extent. Ideally, it's good to have a few helpful activities on hand that aren't as disruptive for your sleep. We'll talk more about what you can do in these situations in episodes 10 and 11. Finally, sleep blocker number seven is strong emotions and physical sensations. As you know, it's really hard to fall asleep and sleep well when you're stressed out, anxious, in pain, or excited. Sometimes the simple act of just noticing what you're feeling in the moment and naming it can be helpful. Learning how to regulate and respond to strong emotions and physical sensations in a helpful way can seem impossible in the moment. And we'll cover strategies in future episodes. But for now, you can try an app like Calm or MindShift. You can keep a list of soothing activities that have helped you in the past. You can get your thoughts down on paper, or you can reach out to somebody supportive for help. So let's get to action. Ask yourself, which sleep blocker most frequently gets in your way? And what is the first bite-sized step that you can take to address it? Is this first step texting a parent to ask if they can help you optimize your sleep environment? Is it listening to the next episode on creating a good bedtime routine or one of the other episodes that I mentioned? Or is it setting a firm cutoff time for anything caffeinated and telling someone else that you're going to do this in order to keep yourself accountable? I suggest that you take this first small step right after the episode, otherwise it's so much less likely that you'll remember to do it later on. So to summarize, the seven sleep blockers are number one, alerting stuff in your body like caffeine, medications, drugs, food, and drink. Number two, light in the three to five hours before sleep. Number three, alerting activities in the one to three hours before sleep. Number four, a stimulating or uncomfortable environment. Number five, alerting cues like your bed if you've spent a lot of time awake in your bed. Number six, an overactive or busy mind. And number seven, strong emotions and physical sensations. While you may not be able to avoid all of these sleep blockers perfectly, you can reduce the harm by setting up your environment and creating routines to address the blockers that most get in your way. So that's it for today. In the next episode, we're going to talk about how you can reliably get into that calm, sleepy zone with a solid bedtime routine. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you soon. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Find the Eight. If you found it helpful, please share it. And if you'd like more, please follow Find the Eight on Instagram and sign up for my free jumpstart guides at decodeinsomnia.com. D-E-C-O-D-E-I-N-S-O-M-N-I-A.com. Take care.